Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a great podcast that shares ideas to do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I like to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some great news. I've released my second book called The Profit Accelerator, and I'm looking for a few business owners to interview in the next month or so about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Go download my book for free and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available right now for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing business owners. I'm confident that these strategies can help any business to increase their revenue, profit, and the value of their company without having to pay for additional marketing or advertising. Go pick up a copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. Okay, I am really excited to have my guest today, Jonathan Jay. He's been an entrepreneur since dropping out of the university at the age of 19. Now, 50 years old, but you can't tell, He has built businesses in publishing, digital marketing, adult education and coaching, and preschool education, and he sold every one of them. During the pandemic, he made 48 acquisitions to create the fourth largest group in his sector in under three years. One notable deal uh, had him buying um, a $5 million annual, um, 5 million euro annual revenue digital marketing company from its private equity owner for just one euro and then turning around and selling it for 1.3 million in just 11 months. So he's an advocate of health, work-life balance, mental uh, suffering mental and physical burnout, and believes that you can achieve success without, without business taking over your life. If I can get my mouth to work, we would be really good with this. And now he helps other people buy businesses and helps them avoid the expensive mistakes. And he says he's made them all. So, Jonathan, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to Profit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting life that you've led that you just buy companies. You know, listeners are probably thinking, oh, he's a millionaire. He can do all these things. But sounds like you come from grassroots, right? Yeah, everyone has to start somewhere. Uh, in fact, all the all the people that I help, the majority of the people that I help, um, you know, don't really have any savings or any sort of any credit. So uh, we have to be more creative. If we're going to buy a business, we have to do it the smart way and use other people's money if we don't have any of our own. I love that. That's one of my favorite favorite leverage tools is other people's money and other people's time. So that's fantastic. All right. So Jonathan, tell us, you have a fantastic accent. Where are you from right now? So I'm from London and I'm, I'm joining you from uh, West London uh, right Love now. It. We're in the cold and wet, very cold and very wet. Uh, well, we're, we're expecting here in California, 78 degrees on Christmas. So uh, we have we have beautiful weather to beautiful. offset yours, but <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, great. So um, how in the world did you get into 
selling businesses. Now you mentioned that you bought and sold, but what was the leading driver for that? Sure. Uh, well, it was completely by accident. So I had a, a, a magazine publishing business in the 1990s and uh, it was a very small business. There was just a handful of staff uh, and I didn't really make much money from it. I mean, some months I made a profit, some months I made a loss. I mean, it, it wasn't a great business. And I was very close to just closing it down because it was stressful, but it wasn't very rewarding. And then someone came to me and said, we'd like to buy the business. Now, I never thought of selling it. I never thought that someone would want all the hassle and problems that I had. Um, so uh, we did a deal and I made more money the day that I sold that business than I had in the previous two and a half years of owning it and running it. Uh, so if I just say that again, because I think it's a really important point. That's I made huge. Money, I sold it that in two and a half years of all the stress of turning up to the office, working at weekends, all that, just that, that, that sort of chaos of running a business. And it all went away. Plus, I got paid at the same time. Wow. I love it. That would be an ideal dream for a lot of business owners. And part of the things that I coach to is that you're building this asset sell it someday, plan to sell it someday. So sure. one of the things that, that that is kind of curious, has got me curious, is why would you make more money now than you would have done before? Were you on the edge of doing something or was there a lot of value in the asset? Yeah. So, so even though the business wasn't very profitable, it had a strategic value to the acquirer. Uh, and the acquirer wanted our database and also saw the magazine as a method, uh, well, one particular magazine in, in, in the group as a method for promoting their own products and services. So they saw a value above the, the profit that the business was making at that point. And I've got to say that you know, if it hadn't been a strategic acquirer, I don't think I would have sold it. I, I had that value, really. Sure. They would have saw they would have saw your struggles and went, forget it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and 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 as you as you know, that's the challenge with lots of smaller businesses. They're not really big enough to be interesting to someone else. Right. They they work as a lifestyle business, but they don't really work as a as a business that's saleable. So the fastest way, I think, to make a business saleable is to make it bigger and more profitable. And the fastest way to make it bigger and more profitable is to go and buy another business and put the two together rather than another 10 years of hard work, do it in the next 12 months. Love it. And, and, and that's a really good point because if you think about it, this company that bought yours, we'll, we'll continue on that example for a little while. They had a need that would grow their company. Um, maybe they even wanted some of your losses or, or, or the problems that you had to, to balance their company, but they saw something that was already built and running that they could acquire to complement what they're already doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you buy a business, you're buying, you're buying a system for selling a product or service. So you're buying the marketing system that they've got, you're buying their financial system, you're buying their supply system, you're buying their manufacturing or whatever it is that's being made and created. Uh, and also, more importantly than anything, you're buying cash flow. So when you buy a business that's a positive positively cash flowing business from the moment you own that business that positive cash flow is yours so there, there is um, a school of thought that says 
that you should go and buy a struggling business and turn it around and turn it into a success. Now, I've done that and I've done it successfully and I've done it and I haven't been successful. So <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's because it's hard work. It's far easier to buy a business that's currently making money and then carry on allowing it to make that money once you own it. Right. But there's got to be a, a difference in the value that you're buying. So I'm sure you're the one you bought for for one euro and sold for 1.3 in the introduction was one of those struggling businesses. Whereas, you know, maybe we business owners don't have a million dollars we can throw on another business, even though it's cash flowing, because it may take a couple of years to catch that money, right? Okay, so there's, so there's several things there. Um, first of all, if you if if a if a business is for sale for one million dollars, you do not need one million dollars to to buy it. You know, we we understand when we buy our property, when we buy real estate, um, we get a mortgage for the majority, and we only put in a small percentage of of cash. And it's a little bit like that when buying a business, but it can be even better than that. Because we can actually fund 100% of the deal um, using other people's money so that we don't have to put any of our own money in. So we can buy that $1 million business um, for, for $1 million, but it's not our $1 million, which is always helpful if because if you don't have a million dollars, um, that's the only way you could do it. And it's the smart way of doing it. Why not use other people's money rather than your own? Love it. Love it. But then going back to the, if you're buying a distressed company at a fraction of the price, um, or you're buying a profitable company with the cash flow going, um, when do you start to see break even on that? Uh, what what when, you, when you buy the distressed business? Well, when you buy the distressed business, you got to put all your sweat, labor, and time and stress into it to turn it around and get it. Um, yeah. So I would imagine that that's got a much longer runway yeah. uh, for and, you and to I turn it profitable. Yeah, and I would advise against it. I, I would Perfect. say never make your first deal a distressed business. It's something for the future, um, but it's certainly not the first one you should do. I mean, why make life more difficult <laughs> for yourself? Buy a business that's already making a profit that uh, will still make a profit once you own it. Well said. So we'll kick that. We'll kick that once in a lifetime chance of making something and turning it into gold. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it can happen. But I mean, it's a gamble. And, and I and I don't like gambling. I, I want a, a sure bet. And a sure bet is buying that solid, profitable business. Well said. OK, so when we're looking at profitable businesses, at least here in the States, the um, the aging business owner in the smaller companies that are still running profitable is is hitting a ceiling. They want out. Right. So there's lots of opportunities, I think, for the smaller companies out there. Um, how do we go about finding one? OK, so there are uh, business brokers who <laughs> advertise list businesses for sale. They're like realtors for for business. Uh, and I would actually say that's not where you go. It may seem the obvious place. They've got a list of 100 businesses for sale. That's the obvious place to go. Um, I don't think it should be your first place to go. Let me explain why. When a business is listed for sale with a business broker, um, the business broker has put a value on that business uh, that is usually flattering to the vendor because they want the vendor to sign the sales agreement with them and they're not going to look at the business and say oh well i don't think you're going to get very much for this business 
They're not going to say that because then you're not going to sign the sales contract. So they're going to say, oh, my goodness, what an incredible business you've got here. Oh, you're going to make a million dollars from this. Uh, and you'll go, fantastic. Where do I, why do I sign? So the first challenge to overcome when a business is listed with a business broker is that the vendor has a, an overinflated sense of what that business is worth. And sure. uh, they're harder to negotiate with, certainly at first. When the business is sat on the market for two years and no one's bought it, then they start to soften a little around the, the price. Uh, the second reason we don't go to business brokers is that business brokers, uh, by virtue of advertising the business, are going to have several people interested in that business. So now we've got competition. And uh, competition isn't a good thing when it comes to buying a business because it pushes the price up. And mm -hmm. you're in debt overpaying for something or paying more than you would have done if it had just been you as the only person interested. So competition forces prices up. A little bit like when you're viewing a property and the realtor says to you, oh, we're, we're showing three more people around today, a lot of interest in this property. You immediately, you want it more. You want it more and you push, push your upper limit on your price because you don't want anyone else to get it because you right. want it. And the third and final reason why we shouldn't go to business brokers is because business uh, brokers are professionals and if you are buying a business for the first time you're not a professional yet you are now in a very weakened position because you're negotiating against someone who does it for a living and you've never done it before and I represent yeah. and I want my buyers to be as successful as possible and you know you don't want to go and sit in front of a professional when you've never done it before and this is your first time got it Got we it. don't go to business brokers. What we do Fantastic. is we go straight to the vendor. We go straight okay. to the owner. How do we find the owner? Well, we do it the old-fashioned way. We write them a letter. Oh. But we don't just write one letter. We write hundreds of letters because we don't know who woke up that morning thinking, you know what, I've had enough of this business. You don't know who uh, is reaching retirement age. You don't know who... Um, is feeling stressed and just wants out. We don't know. So we've got to send out hundreds of letters with our phone number on and we see who phones us. And the people who phone us are the people who are interested in selling. So they self-select. They raise their hand and they tell us that they are interested. And that is the start of the entire process. I love it. And you know what? It is a very emotional situation for a seller. They literally wake up one morning and they're like, I am so done with this. <laughs> yeah. I want to be done right now. I've done it myself. And then I, here I've comes your that. letter. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I remember with I had, a, I had a, a very good business. So it was a really good business. And I was getting very frustrated. I had staff problems. I, you know, all, everything happened on the same day. And I remember saying to someone, yeah, I just... I, I just closed it down. Let's just close the whole thing down. Not interested in it, uh, which was ridiculous. I mean, all I needed was a good night's sleep. Um, right. And uh, I woke up the next morning full of enthusiasm again. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it is really just that simple. And, and obviously you want to do it for the kind of business that would potentially complement yours, or would you do it in a totally different space? Okay, so if you own a business already, the most common sense thing to do is to buy a business that's similar to yours so you can combine the two and make a bigger business. Maybe it's a business that's similar to yours in a different location, a different part of town, or maybe even in another town. So I've got clients who are growing a network of businesses 
by buying, um, the one I'm thinking of at the moment is pest control. So buying pest control businesses in each town to create this, this regional uh, network. Now, if you're not in business at the moment, and, and okay. uh, some people listening to this might not yet be in business, but see this as a very fast way of getting into business, faster than starting one from scratch, then the best thing to do is to stick to what you know, what you understand, and what you can learn quickly. So let me give you an example. Um, I have not got a clue when it comes to technology. I mean, oh my goodness, I, I, I have... My remote control, my TV, I, I've got like, I can do the on off button and I can do the volume up and down, but there's loads of buttons on the remote. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about technology. Okay. So for me to buy a technology business, I wouldn't know whether it was good, bad or indifferent. I, I don't know. So that would be a silly thing for me to do. So I might as well stick with what I know. What do I know? Well, I know uh, education. Uh, I know publishing. I know digital marketing. So I always stick with things that I know and things sure. that I understand. And that is the very best advice I can give at anyone listening to this who hasn't yet got into business. Buy something you can understand. So I've got a group um, that's starting in, in, uh, in London in uh, January. And every single person in that group is going to buy a business in the next 12 months, okay? Wow. Every single person. And um, we've got an agreement that we're going to choose one sector and everyone in the room is going to buy one business in that sector and mm. we will put them all together, create a big business and then sell it. And the oh. sector that's got the most votes at the moment uh, is uh, laundromats, is automatic huh? laundries. Um, they are... Uh, pretty automated businesses they're reasonably low maintenance businesses there's low number high cash flow and they have positive cash flow in fact you can look at the app on your banking app on your phone and see the money the money coming in every every app in quarters uh, yeah exactly yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. In coins. so there's going to be 25 people i've got together in this group and we're going to buy 25 laundromats i'm going to put them together and we're going to sell them to someone who wants to buy 25 laundromats in one go so the point i'm making with this is that it's a simple straightforward business we can get our head around yeah we don't have to spend six months learning how this business operates right wow okay so you make it sound so easy i mean come on it, it can't be that easy or everybody would be doing it so there's got to be some sort of strategy that you do beyond having it simple and cash flow and I love the way that you're combining business owners together and do that. But there's all these roadblocks that come to my mind, first of all. You know, um, maybe like you said, you got to know the company or the industry that you're in. But where are you going to get the money? Where are you going to find these people? Where, you know, I mean, it just seems so difficult. So, so the, the, finding people who want to sell businesses is actually really easy. Everyone starts off thinking that is the hard bit. That's the easiest part. It's very okay. easy phone to ring for people saying, um, I got your letter. Okay. Can you tell me what it's all about? Um, the harder part is assessing the value of the business. Because quite often the seller has an emotional value because they've worked there for 20 years, there's 20 years of work and they don't want to let it go for nothing. Um, but, you know, we've got to be sensible about the valuation of the business. So we've got to reach a value. And then we've got to say, how much does the seller want for this business? Um, you see, business brokers will want you to make an offer. Mm. Now, it sounds like sense because when you go and view a, 
some real estate, you put in offers, don't you? Well, that's the worst thing you can do with a business, put in an offer. Because what if you put in an offer was that was more than the seller was willing to sell for? You've just you've just wasted wasted money. So I always find out what the vendor, the seller, the owner of the business wants first, and right. then I work on that. Because you might be quite surprised sometimes how little they do want. Because hmm. if they want to retire in six months' time, they're stressed by the business, they hate the staff, the staff hate them, they might say, well, look, I'm going to hand you the keys, just take it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> you don't know until you ask. Right. Now, that actually does happen, and it happens more frequently than you'd expect. But let's say we need to get some money together to give to the Right, owner. that's the next problem is where do you find the money once you, once you figure out what the value is? And I'm sure you bring in professional people to help you value that company. You're not just yeah. doing it all on your own. Um, but you're trying to avoid all the middlemen that you can in there. So I like yeah. I like that you, idea. You always have your, your CPA, your accountant, right. and your, your attorney. Advisors, yeah. This is, this is not something you should do just by yourself. It's it's too important to do it just by, by yourself. There's too much that can go wrong <laughs> to do right. it by yourself. Uh, okay. But when it comes to financing, I've got my sort of go-to methods. If the business has assets, then what we can do is that uh, when I say assets, I mean machinery, uh, mm-hmm. props, real estate. Yeah, it has or in your example, the, the laundry machines and the suite that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. We can actually get finance using those items as collateral and we can use the money raised by that finance to pay the owner of the business. So it can fund itself. Likewise, if a business sells to other businesses, so they sell B2B, uh, <laughs> then we can, uh, and that business you know, will send out invoices at the end of the month that are paid in 30 or 60 or 90 days. Uh, we can actually get finance against those outstanding invoices. And we can sometimes borrow up to 90% of the outstanding invoices. And we can use that money to give to the vendor. And then the the, the the advance that we've received from the finance company, the loan, if you like, is paid off when the customers pay their invoices. Okay. So it's a really simple way of doing it. We can also use the cash at bank. So if the, the business is cash in the bank account, there is ways of using that cash to pay the vendor. Uh, plus, we can use vendor finance, where we buy the business now, but we pay for it later. And this is ah. a very concept yeah yeah we do it with um with other sort of household items don't we in the uk people often buy their, their sofas their couches and their tvs they buy now buy, pay later take it home and they pay over the next two or three years and we can do that with the business as well wow so it doesn't sound like you're you're having to go to the traditional bank prove that you don't need the money have high credit scores and a lot of down payment just to get in the door it sounds like there's a lot of alternative investors that are looking Correct. to provide you the money for a, you know, fairly reasonable. Or would you say that these are a little bit on the higher sides, uh, uh, interest rates and, and yeah, so, payment? So, so re- the, yeah, the interest rate can be a little bit higher, um, but uh, the deals can be done faster. Uh, and I'd rather pay a higher interest rate and get the deal done than pay a lower interest rate with a with what we call a high street bank. So, you know, one, one of right. these banks that you see in, in, in your town where it might take them six months to reach a decision. And quite often right. it's slow. 
And, you know, just because you get financing doesn't mean you're married to that financing for the rest of your career with that company. I mean, it could be short term. It could be a couple of years to to get everything rolling and then you refinance it or pay it off. Yeah. So, so all of all of my clients are, are encouraged to um, when they've got to their, their group of businesses to a certain size to refinance the whole lot. Because yes. now they're refinancing a big business where before they were financing little businesses. Sure. Put all the businesses together, we now got a big business, refinance the big business. Uh, and sometimes that allows us to release cash that we can pay to ourselves as well. Love it. So then thinking about this, I'm owning all these things and um, I'm buying these businesses, I'm getting them financed, I'm making the deals happen. Does this mean I'm working in each one of these companies? Oh, that's the last thing you want to do. No, we, we, we are not buying a job. We are buying a business. Yay. So what we're looking for are businesses of a certain size where when we take the, the vendor out, because when we bought it from them, they're going to disappear. They're going to go off on the world cruise. So they're going to, they're going to disappear. Yep. We want a business that is of a certain size that when we take the owner out, the business just carries on as normal. So it's going to have a management manager or a management team in place and quite often they're the businesses that have annual revenues of one million dollars plus now when people start off thinking about buying a business they're thinking oh a business that that has revenues maybe of two hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars smaller companies too small it's too small too small you're because you have to work in it it's not enough to pay the employees so you end up having to work in it i love it that you step it up to yeah. companies that are already operating. And it's easier to buy those businesses. They're better businesses. Why are they better businesses? Because they've already broken the $1 million mark. They've done something right. With a yeah. business that's doing $100,000, it hasn't quite got there yet. Yeah. yeah. We want to buy businesses that are successful. Love it. Love it. So now you're talking about these fantastic ideas. You've got me excited going into the idea of buying other businesses that are already existing that could complement what I'm already doing. Or if I don't have a company of my own, I can go out and start a business that doesn't require a lot of my blood, sweat, and tears. So you mentioned these because you're in you're in the UK. Are there opportunities like this in the US and in Canada well, and in other places? I, I, I wish I wish I lived in the US. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunities are 10 times more than they are in, in the UK. Uh, we're a very, very small country, extremely small. We, we, we can fit our entire country into Kansas. You know? <laughs> okay. so, so that's how that's how small we are. Uh, but, you know, the opportunities in the US are in, incredible. And all it takes is someone to um, get knowledgeable you know, and go for it and just go and out and do it. There's nothing to stop you apart from yourself. And I think this is this is almost, um, you know, for for many of us, um, the the 90s were the time of house flippings or the O's, the early 2000s were the time of house flippings. You go buy a house, you take it, you do a couple of repairs, you put a Band-Aid on it and you sell it back out again. I think we're coming into that kind of time horizon where buying businesses um, because these the, the the population of owners are aging out, even yes. in the in the service firm space and and in the small manufacturing spaces. 
you know, there's still a lot of opportunity. And I think this is a great time to really consider this as a way to build your portfolio of businesses. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we have a worldwide recession mm. and and this is the opportunity that when you have fi- uh, periods of economic turbulence and uncertainty, uh, you have more people wanting to sell. So this is yeah. a market. Don't miss it. You know, th- this <sighs> the next two to three years is an incredible market. And, and, and here with a recession, you would get the typical investing model of buy low. Absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully hold on to it or sell high later on with it. Yeah. So absolutely. I love that. So there's an urgency now to to see the opportunity. And I think what an amazing tool for so many people that want to avoid those first five years of tremendous stress. That's where you're working, you know, 80 hours a week and not getting paid for it. You've got the worst boss in the world, you know, depending, demanding that you do all this stuff. Well, you can shortcut that with this kind of model. And the majority of businesses fail in the first five years. You know, they, they, they don't succeed. And what you want to be doing is buying a business that's been running for at least five years, that's doing a million dollars plus. Uh, has a management team in place because you do not want to be there every day. You don't want to yeah. be there at all, really. You you just yeah. want the management reports every month that show you how much money that business is making. You need access to the bank account so that you can pay yourself every month. Uh, and and what more can you want? That's 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 perfect. And you do that two times, three times, four times, five times. You've suddenly got yourself quite an empire. Wow. All right, Jonathan, this sounds so fantastic and so amazing as an opportunity, but I, something keeps coming back and telling me it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Come on, is it really this easy that we can go in and buy companies like this? It's straightforward. It's not easy. It's straightforward. So the, the process is straightforward. And anyone can understand the process pretty quickly. I mean, you know, we've only been talking about it for half an hour, but you know, with a little bit more time, I think anyone could understand the process. Uh, but then you've got to put it into practice. And I think right. for many people, taking action, implementation, that's the harder part. But it's not something that you do all by yourself. You know, you have that 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 CPA, you have that attorney, you have those people on what we call your deal team. And having that deal team around you is always going to help you avoid mistakes as well. Because there are things that you can, you sure. can get wrong. Like with anything, like with real estate, you can get things wrong. So you need some guidance to make sure you don't make those mistakes. Um, So, yes, anyone can do this who sets their mind to do it. uh, And anyone who's prepared to put the effort in because there's going to be some effort along the way, too. And that might put some people off. Some people don't want to put the effort in. But if you put the effort in, you get the reward. Perfect. So one final question for you. Can anybody do this? Is there a certain type of person or what could what could the person listening to this do Mm. to prepare themselves so they'd be a better candidate to buy companies? Okay, I I have an answer that may not be the answer that you're expecting. Okay, I think that the quality of the best business buyers is curiosity. They're curious they ask questions. They want to understand what the business owner's position is. You know, why do they want to sell? What's their urgency to sell? When do they want to sell? They're curious. They ask questions and they listen. They listen more than they talk. 
and uh, they're good people people they can build rapport and relationships so these are all the soft skills uh, the hard skills the the numbers and the legal things that's done by other people you know, as a business buyer we're finding the deals we're talking to people we're negotiating we're understanding what they want to achieve helping solve that problem helping them get what they want which might be i want to sell my business in the next 12 weeks i want to retire i want to give some I'm of the keys help me do it how do we solve that problem the best business buyers are problem solvers oh wow so it really can't be anything you didn't say oh you've got to have the 800 credit score and you've got to have this much in income and you know be at the right place at the right time and all those kind of things it's just the curiosity and the problem solver that that you can do because you want to create a win-win situation right this person yeah. wants to win you're not going to pull it out from underneath them and walk away you know I mean, twisting yeah. your mustache as, as yeah, yeah. You, know. no, you can't i mean yeah it's it's a legal agreement uh, between two adults so you know, no one's forcing anyone to do anything uh but uh, that means that everyone's got to be happy and the seller's not going to sell it if they're not happy and you're not going to buy it if you're not happy so everyone needs to be happy love it love it well what a fantastic concept of growing your own empire by buying other companies and that you don't have to build them up yourself on your back and your sweat and blood and tears and all your savings you know there's other ways of doing it so jonathan where can listeners find out more about you and learning some of these ideas that you've shared with us today uh, so there are three places. The first is LinkedIn. So um, I'm very active on, on the LinkedIn platform. So I invite people to, to find me, Jonathan J on LinkedIn, and send me a, a connection request. Uh, the second is on YouTube. Um, I've got a very popular YouTube channel. Again, you search uh, YouTube for Jonathan J and you'll find my smiling face uh, on, on, on there. Uh, and the third place is on my website, which is dealmakers dot co dot uk dealmakers dot co which is co dot uk awesome well we will have all of that in the podcast notes and so that way listeners can find you you know what i i'm just i'm floored at how interesting that this concept is and how straightforward as you mentioned you know you still got to put a little sweat labor in there and and find the deals and make it happen and build a team around you and have deal makers on your team so that you can help get the best um, solution for everybody. But it's possible. It's totally yeah, possible. Yeah. So, so buying a business is a very confusing, complicated, big, big subject. And what I do is I break it down into bite-sized chunks that anyone can understand. Because if you understand it, you can do it. Love it. Love it. And what a perfect time as we're facing and starting to wind into a recessionary time. You know, nobody likes it. It's hard. It struggles. But what that's where that's where winners survive. Right. That's where where opportunity comes out of the ashes of trouble. And here we here we go. So perfect timing on this. All right, listeners. Gosh, I hope you got a couple of ideas today that you can put into your business or even start a new business that will help you become more profitable. And we all know cash flow is king. All right. So now more than ever, it's important to be focusing on growing your business and its revenue. Don't forget to download my book and the 12 strategies that can dramatically increase your revenue, profit, and the value of your company 
without having to pay for advertising or additional marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. And Jonathan and I would love to hear your comments on these ideas. What kind of business are you thinking you want to buy? Um, and what, you know, where, where are you going to buy it? Comment in the uh, show comments and Jonathan and I will respond back. Give us any questions or ideas or directions you're going in. We'd love to hear them. And while you're at it, please subscribe to today's uh, show so you can get um, information on next week's show. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Thank you very much, Marcia.